Hey everybody, you're locked into localjobnetwork.com radio and this is You Do What? Now this is a podcast that checks out a variety of non-traditional jobs. Maybe they're slightly different than your typical occupation or it might be something you didn't know existed, like something we'll discuss on this show. Regardless, we're letting you know there are opportunities to match your skills and passion to create a unique career. Now, as I mentioned, you may not have heard of this type of position. This episode of You Do What? is I'm a professional liar. No, we're not talking about lawyers. Maybe that's a cheap shot, but seriously, there are people who have the task of lying, and we'll explain to you why in just a moment. One man who has jumped into this out-of-the-box venture is Tim Green, who will join us from Minnesota. Tim is a licensed private investigator who founded Paladin Deception Services, the keyword being deception. Tim, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Now, Tim Green, that is your real name, is that correct? That is correct. I don't know what you can believe from me, but yes, that is my true name. <laughs> well, at least it's a good start. We got uh, one truth out of you here. Uh, but seriously, though, I think everyone is curious about this type of idea. But tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, um, both as an investigator and then obviously as part of what you're doing with uh, Paladin Deception Services. Okay. Um, I've worked in the investigation field since I was in my 20s. I'm now in my uh, late 50s. Uh, I received uh, initial training in surveillance, counter-surveillance, and disinformation on a kibbutz in Israel back in 75 and 76. I've worked in the field with the DOD during the 90s and uh, most recently uh, for the Chinese government over the past 10 years. Oh, wow. So clearly, I mean, you have a a background with this type of thing, the idea of deception, um, obviously for different reasons. In detail, though, how do you describe what Paladin brings to the table in terms of what it does for customers? Well, a client will uh, place a fictitious company on his resume, a place of employment, and then consult with Paladin Deception Services about his job history and the details of the job he's applying for. Uh, We'll help set up a contact number and an email address for this fictitious job. Um, Then after we receive a call uh, from a potential employer, After the interview takes place with us, we'll contact our client back, give them the information uh, of the details of that call. And I think one thing that pops into people's heads right away is, you know, clearly with Google and other sort of search engines and stuff like that. I mean, are you really creating this this entire lie, so to speak, so that if somebody were to try to look this up, that it appears legit? Uh, Yes. The way uh, that we've worked it often enough is that we make sure that the company that's created is a fictitious company and a fictitious individual from that company. Mm-hmm. So we're never impersonating a, uh, a real company or a real person. Right. Clearly, there's a market for it because that's why you exist. And I've read of, of you know other areas that this does occur. I guess, do you see this as being part of the greater good in some way or that it has a positive purpose that you're serving? Because on the surface, of course, people are going to think, well, it's flat out lying. It's wrong. Um, but what, what greater good are you seeing out of this? Well, we have helped clients land the jobs they've applied for. We've helped them out of sticky situations. If it's an alibi that they need, that they felt too um, embarrassed to have a family member or friend lie for them. Overall, we keep our scripts positive, always given a good word. How the client uses such service, uh, that's more or less, we believe, their moral obligation. Hmm. Interesting. So for yourself, for your employees, I mean, do you see a negative side? Are there moral dilemmas that pop up at all? Uh, There are uh, at times, but again, we concentrate on we are doing a service to a client that has uh, hired our service. You know, I, I at one time was 
someone had introduced me and say, well, how's it feel to know that you uh, have destroyed marriages? Uh, <laughs> I think referring to the idea that we do provide alibis. And I said, I don't destroy anybody's marriage. Uh, that's up to two individuals, how they work it out. Maybe even in the process, so we've even saved a few. Who knows? Uh, it is an interesting way to look at it. I mean, somebody does something like cheat on their spouse and they come to you to, for help. They're the ones, obviously, that, that committed that act. So that's pretty interesting. In terms of what you need to know, I mean, do you need facts about the person? Do, do they come up with, with sort of the backstory? How does that all work? Most certainly. Most certainly. They do get a, a questionnaire from us okay. that they need to fill out, giving us the details of, the, uh, of their skills, the specific dates, if, if it's filling in a gap in work history, uh, that sort of thing. All right. So can you explain for the listeners that I'm, I'm curious, I'm sure everyone listening is as well, how did this all come about exactly? What were the steps that you took? How did this get into your mind of thinking, you know what, this there there is something to this. This can definitely be a business for us. I guess um, initially uh, started with me thinking uh, in the past, I, I've been an um, administrator and supervisor. Mm-hmm. And um, I found that oftentimes the employees would come to me for uh, the good word or the reference that they would like, um, maybe because I was just an easy hit. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting calls and, and be able to provide uh, a, a positive reference for someone. At the same time, I've been myself in need of a positive uh, reference. When I know I wouldn't get it, uh, back when I was working with the DOD, I had a supervisor who actually shot out my car window. So I sort of figured that this man would not be giving me a very positive reference in the future. Yeah, uh, that was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) Right. I think another thing that people think of in general terms is wondering, I mean, isn't this illegal in some way? What's your response when people bring that idea up? Well, uh, again, we we do keep it legal because we are never impersonating a, a real individual or a real company. Okay, so that that's really where it would end up crossing the line if anybody were doing something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Okay. Then we would, could be accused of impersonating uh, an individual or represent, misrepresenting a company. Sure. At the same time, because of the sort of the work that you're asking people to do. Did you find it challenging to really acquire what you would deem as trustworthy people? Do you ever second guess something your employees are doing? Because, I mean, the whole idea here is that they have some sort of ability to to lie or tell a story, however you want to phrase it. Has that been a challenge at all? Uh, we get calls all the time uh, for individuals who feel that they're good at telling a fib <laughs> and are good at role playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, inquiring about work. Uh, some of them, if, if the need arises, we we pursued and uh, gone through some lengthy interviews, gone through some tests, and uh, then set up with some training. And uh, actually, we've never had any problem with that uh, area at all. Hmm. Interesting. You obviously mentioned that you're not going to do anything illegal. Uh, and another part of, I don't know if that's part of the policy or if it's just something that you've uh, decided to do on your own, but there are certain things you won't do in terms of you know who you would lie to. You mentioned government, police and fire, healthcare. Uh, loans and court type uh, documentation, those seem to make a lot of obvious sense. And the one that stood out that I was curious about was you you would not do anything to do with K through 12 education. Uh, What's the thinking there? Well, there again, if someone's requesting some false information for us to provide about their education, that would more than likely have to do with, say, having a degree from a specific university. So there again, 
you know, if, if an individual wanted to go through making up a website, a totally new, um, fictitious educational institute, then we wouldn't have any problem. But then again, why it's worded that way is just so people know that we cannot say uh, we can vouch that so-and-so was at uh, Phoenix Air University or sure. something. Well, how about in terms of uh, if somebody is looking to get a job, say, as a third grade teacher, is, is there any issue there with lying for them? There wouldn't be if as long as whatever they're listing is just total made up. But okay. there again, you know, uh, we've never had that happen. People wanted us to say, you know, to represent uh, an actual school where they had worked at or right. received their training. How often then does it happen where a customer of yours does get caught in a lie? I mean, if that does, can can anything happen to your company? Or as long as you're not doing anything illegal, nothing comes of it? What what sort of occurs? And how often does that happen, really? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we've really never been uh, contacted by huh. uh, a former client saying that, okay, this was a bust. <laughs> we do list on our website that it, it, there is a risk involved in this. Sure. Uh, we've had some errors in the past, uh, not on our part, thankfully, but on the part where the information was incorrect that they'd given us to share. And they would call back uh, a little upset and nervous about that. <laughs> well, you know, then we've just simply called back and said, um, oh, there was an error. You know, uh, this person was actually here these dates, not the dates that, you know, I said earlier. Okay. All right. In terms of the lies or the stories or the alibis, is there something that is most common that, that your company comes across? Is it all over across the board? What would you say is the sort of the breakdown in, of what people are looking to, to get from you? Most of the people are calling to use our service to represent them as a fictitious reference provider for, okay. for work reasons. And it definitely is something that's important. And I, I think I've, I've seen a couple of articles that you were quoted in and you're talking about the difficult times and, and maybe you didn't leave on the greatest of terms, as, as you mentioned. I don't know if anybody's mm-hmm. had their window shot out by their boss, but uh, clearly you need to try to find a way to, to get a good, good reference after that. When you're looking to hire somebody or maybe if anyone is interested, not necessarily your company, but doing something like this, what do you point to as the skills or the personality type that, that you really feel are necessary to be successful in these positions? Uh, I think uh, having a genuine interest in, in helping people a uh, skill set would be able to review um, a script and then uh, be able to role play the individual that that um, you're set up to uh, to be. For yourself, and it may not have been you involved. Maybe it was an employee. Are there any memorable times that stood out? Maybe it was some crazy request that was given, or something that sure. the employee had to do. Uh, ones that stand out. I think people would be interested in. Well, again, uh, 99% have just been the regular, uh, again, giving the information for a prospective uh, employer. I once had to ask a friend who spoke Mandarin to provide an alibi for (laughs) one of our clients. I've uh, had one of our script readers need to pose as a funeral home director. Uh, Another had to play the part of a former porn movie producer. Oh, jeez. I believe the most memorable one for me is uh, once I had to play the grandmaster of of an occult, I had to know the, at least the basics about black masses and several initiations. Uh, Let's see, the sacred serpent rite, the ritual of the nine triangles, desecration of the holy host, uh, that sort of thing. That was a bit bizarre. Yeah. Well, can I ask, what what was that for? It seems like if you're 
you're playing that part, they're already, you know, involved in something pretty kind of strange anyway. It was an, yes, it was an individual that was uh, applying for to, to be a grandmaster oh, wow. of a specific cult. Yeah, I think that would rank up there as, a, as probably strange and memorable a little bit. Not to offend anybody out there who's into that kind of thing, but that's definitely not uh, not traditional in the in the ways. Well, no, I think it's interesting to hear that stuff because, as I said, when I came across it, I mentioned it to people. It definitely is sort of a, it blows their mind a little bit that this exists. But as you said, there's a market for it, and a lot of what you're doing has to do with the workplace. So you know, it does yeah. obviously fit with what we're doing here. In terms of financially beneficial, if somebody again maybe had your idea of of being an entrepreneur with this uh, or even just trying to find a job in this type of field. What are you looking at? Can you can you give us some sort of ballpark? Because people are always curious if it's if it would be worth their time, worth their effort. Well, um, the way we're set up, uh, we've been doing this for uh, just about nine years, a little okay. over eight years. And, of course, we went through the first couple years very, very slow. Um, most, uh, I believe, of our clients, uh, we do run advertisements, but most of our clients uh, we receive have been through word of mouth. And uh, at this point, uh, we, what we do is we charge $54 to set everything up and provide a month's uh, worth of service to an individual. And if they wish to renew for a uh, couple more months, then just be an additional $19.95 per month. Right now, we're averaging just about... Um, probably about 300 clients per month. Oh, wow. So you actually get pretty, I mean, to me, that's pretty good volume. I mean, are you happy with that number? Is that something you Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. And, and there again, it's split up between, uh, we have six to eight employees, over half of them, or I'd say about half are only part-time. Okay. Interesting. When it comes to maybe you tell people what you're doing, or maybe I don't know what kind of marketing you do, if any, but if you do talk to somebody about what your company does, what is sort of that initial reaction you end up getting? Mostly it's, uh, just merely been interest. Okay. What we do, how we do it. Right. But no, no real like repulsive responses or anything like that. Um, I, I've read a few reviews, um, but then again, I mean, everyone's you know uh, certainly have a right to their own opinion, and if someone finds that to be shocking, uh, that's you know understandable, I suppose. Sure. Sure. As as you've mentioned a couple times, you. You're looking at it from a service point of view, and, and for the most part, again, it's nothing malicious that, that I can sense from any of it. So for yourself, what is it that you really enjoy about this? Why do you love doing this job so much? Um, I, I believe, um, again, uh, just back to the idea of giving a good word for somebody, helping them find work. There is a feeling of elation when you uh, pull off a good script. You know it went very well. That sort of thing. So, and as you said, I mean, we, we concentrate on, on keeping it, you know, we're, we're, we're spreading a good word. We're coming from the perspective that the clients that are calling us, they do have the skills necessary, but for one reason or another, they are unable to um, portray that. And so we're there to help them do so. Well, Tim, it's definitely been interesting hearing about this uh, this sort of different industry, if you will, and the profession that you've uh, sort of jumped into. Before we go, we always like to give our guests a chance to kind of have the floor, give the listeners a takeaway. What's one thing you would want to just put out there in terms of uh, this whole idea of professional liar or scripts or storytelling? What would you really want to put out there that uh, just to leave with the, the listeners today? Well, for one thing, I, I don't believe this is anything new. This is... Uh 
old industry, I believe. We've always had the need of, of uh, verifications, alibis. And um, I, I would just like to, to leave it on the note that if uh, any of your listeners do have a need for our, our services, uh, just feel free to call us and, and we'd be more than happy to set them up with what they need. All right. Sounds good. As you said, I mean, lying has been around forever and sometimes maybe you need a little help to, to pull it off better. And, and I don't know, I feel bad saying lying because I do feel like you're helping some people out, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on this edition of You Do What? We've been talking about uh, being a professional liar, storyteller, however you want to phrase it. Of course, our guest today has been Tim Green, the founder of Paladin Deception Services. Tim, thanks again for you know, helping us wrap our heads around this unique job. We do appreciate it. It's really been my pleasure. Thanks so much. You have a good day now. Thank you, you too. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners, to find out what other jobs you'd like to learn about, whether they're traditional or not. Just send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Thanks again for checking into LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. 